0: You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Well, good morning. Welcome to the Vineyard. My name's Rick Francis. I'm the pastor here. God bless you, Pastor Rick. It's a joy to be in His presence, isn't it? Thank you, worship team, for just a wonderful time <laughs> spending in His presence. If you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 6. We'll begin reading at verse one. During those days, the number of Jesus's followers kept multiplying greatly. But a complaint was brought against those who spoke Aramaic by the Greek-speaking Jews who felt their widows were being overlooked during the daily distribution. The 12 apostles called a meeting of all the believers and told them, it is not advantageous for us to be pulled away from the Word of God to wait on tables. We want you to carefully select from among yourselves seven godly men. Make sure, they are, make sure they are honorable, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, and we will give them the responsibility of this crucial ministry of serving. That will enable us to give our full attention to prayer and preaching the Word of God. Everyone in the church loved this idea, so they chose seven men. One of them was Stephen, who was known as a man full of faith and overflowing with the Holy Spirit. Along with him, they chose Philip, Prochorus, Nanker, Timon, Parmenas, Parmenas. Parmenas, Nicholas from Antioch, who had converted to Judaism. All seven stood before the apostles who laid their hands on them and prayed for them commissioning them to this ministry. God's word reigned supreme and kept spreading. The number of Jesus' followers in Jerusalem quickly grew and increased by the day. Even a great number of Jewish priests became believers and were obedient to the faith. Stephen, who was a man full of grace and supernatural power, performed many astonishing signs and wonders and mighty miracles among the people. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask Holy Spirit that you would come and that you would breathe upon our ears, that we would have ears to hear what you're saying to the church, hearts to receive and embrace and to follow in obedience and walk in step with you. For we ask it in Jesus' name, Hallelujah. amen. <clears throat> in the middle of this great increase of the early church, a conflict happens. Go figure. Can you believe it? People, thousands of people living together, and there was a difficulty. You know, it's, 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 the widows is a special responsibility for the church. And here in Acts chapter 6, we see that actively demonstrated. We have a responsibility for those who are, are, are widowed with, without a husband and that's a serious responsibility that we have now at this time because of the folks that were in Jerusalem uh, that were residents of Jerusalem as they came into faith they were the the Hebrew speaking they were speaking Aramaic that was the language that the Jews would speak especially those that were from the homeland and they were there and this was the homeland and so they're there they're speaking their home tongue but through the dispersion many were in the Roman provinces where they spoke and, and began to speak Kone Greek, which was the common language of the Roman Empire. And so they, they spoke this language. So it was real easy to tell who was, who was from the home city and who was from out of town. And the out of town widows, as they came into the body of Christ and, and they abided, they remained in, In Jerusalem as they stayed there they were being overlooked in in the daily distribution of food and it was brought to the attention we'd do that hey we're down you Kentuckians are forgetting our Hoosier widows oh you better you better step up and so it became a a, an issue and so the apostles got together and they called a meeting Linda would love this because Linda's our, our meeting. She, she calls a meeting to have a meeting, to figure out what meetings we need to have. So we got the meeting, meeting, meeting woman. The apostles, like Linda, called a meeting. And when they called the meeting, they let know what their intentions were. This, this was their preferences. Their preferences was, one, let's get somebody else to do this. <laughs> we got to give ourselves to continue to steward the word of God. So we want you to choose. You to choose. Seven godly men. Mm. And, and here's, here's the, the characteristics that, that they gave to those guys. Godly men who were honorable. Oops, I'm over here. Yes. Full of the Holy Spirit and full of wisdom. Hmm. When, when, when he said, we want you to select, they gave them the responsibility to choose. But it's really interesting. Brian Simmons in the Passion Translation, he's got a footnote here. And he says, you are to select with all. It's a careful selection. It's not a popularity contest. It, 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 is, a, it is a holy contest with all selection. When I read that, it just it just moved me. A lot of times we think when we serve in the church, you know, we just get anybody to serve in the church. And sometimes when we make our pleas, you know, we're saying, okay, hey, if you can help us with the food pantry, you know, blah, 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 come and stay. But, you know, w- when you're moving in leadership and given responsibility, there is, there is a selection process, whether it's democratic <laughs> or, or whether it's from Peter, <laughs> the head of the church or, or someone else. There is a real sense that we need to make selections with a real sense of awe. All. all is not A-L-L, it's A-W-E, it's all. And it's, it's the kind of response that we have when we're in the sacred, holy presence of God. So we need to come into his presence as, we, as, as they were given that commission to select these guys. This crucial ministry and I I want you to tell you that feeding people is a crucial ministry of serving. It is a very, very important ministry to the body of Christ to serve. And their purpose was they wanted to enable, by doing this, it would enable them to be able to give their full attention to prayer and the preaching of the word of God. Hmm. I love that. Right on. Can't wait till we have plenty of workers. I'm driving the truck. I'm unloading groceries. I'm doing a lot of things that according to the word I should be doing other things. Praise the Lord. And it's like we we need to pray for more laborers in the harvest field. We need to pray for more people to come and to participate. We've got a young widow who has a fence that needs to be stained. The wood is going to rot and it's gonna be damaged. And she's on our young widow's list and we need to help her. There's not a whole lot of folks that can help. When I'm 65 and I'm one of the youngest, what's that tell you about our church? It's like, okay, but we have a responsibility as a body of Christ for one another, especially for the widows among us. And we have a lot of widows among us. And we have a responsibility to care for them and to help them. But at the same time, we have a responsibility as as spiritual leaders to make sure that we're given adequate time to prayer and and the preaching of the gospel, the preaching of the word of God. Well, as they presented this, everybody loved the idea. They all thought it was a great idea. that was miraculous. Everybody loved the idea. You don't, you're not hearing me. That's a miracle. Sure is. That's a miracle. Do you know there's certain people that when you say, I'd like for you to stand and, and it doesn't matter whatever you say, when you give a direction to certain personality temperaments, soon as you make a suggestion that you are asking them to do something, let alone if it's more of a command, there is resistance. Instantly. Instantly. My son and Dave, they're two. Dave Graham, big, tall, six foot five. He's not here today or I was going to pick on him. Doggone what? it, Dave. First thing, you tell them to do something, they They resist. And you know, that's, that's part of our temperament and that's part of, you know, in some ways how God wired us so that we don't go along with the crowd. But at the same time, there's a, there's a healthy manifestation of that and there's an unhealthy manifestation of that. And I would just invite you that whenever the Lord is inviting you to do something and you find that resistance, check and see if it's healthy or not. Is this a a healthy manifestation of resisting? If it is, stand your ground. Don't budge. Stand there. If it's not, then repent. (laughs) Repent and say, Lord, I need to step into my resistance. There's something that you are asking of me or something that another's asking of me that may be you, And I have some resistance. I need to step into what resistance I have to discover. Is it because this isn't the Lord? And if it isn't the Lord, you stand true to what you are. Or it is the Lord, but there's something in me that bristles about it. So I need to say, Lord, I need to step in and get your heart. What's going on? I find that this is one of the ways that the Holy Spirit has really been doing some wonderful fine tuning in my own heart. Because the place where I find I'm resisting or the place where I bristle or the place where I, I, I have a response that uh, just isn't right, I've been stepping into that and that becomes a place in my heart that I invite the Holy Spirit to come in and start moving stuff out, changing the way things look, adding to something that I don't have Sometimes it's patience. Just had the three granddaughters since Thursday. Oh my! I want you to know that this has been a weekend of repentance for me. Oh yes. I found that there there are responses that I have, and I keep having them, and and you know, and I I can just say, well, that's just because. No, I'm not. I'm not going to whitewash this. This is an opportunity when you ever have a response that's not right, it's an invitation for the, to invite the Holy Spirit into that area of your heart where you have a response that is less than what God would have you have. And it's like, Lord, I did that yesterday. I can't believe I did it again. Why is it she gets under my skin? And you know, whoever gets under your skin, That's a great place to invite the Holy Spirit to do his work. Only he can transform us. You can't make yourself better by adding another filter that before you explode, you're gonna count the 10 and turn around three times and then see if you can suppress your rage and anger and have a nice sweet response. That's called religion. But a relationship with Jesus is because we're in him and he's in us, that his being becomes so real in us that our response is so attached to his that it just flows out of our being in him. I don't know about you, but that's what I'm pursuing. Not there, but that's what I'm pursuing. I, I want to pursue that with all my heart. Tell him he's not done, he's still talking. Mhm. So they chose seven men. One gets highlighted in a special way, Stephen who was known. And I love that first of all. He was a man who was known. He was known among them. Stephen was known among them. You don't you don't put someone in a position of sacred responsibility that you don't know. And you want to know the person not just based on their external appearance in the public setting, you want to get to know them. And S- Stephen was a man who was known. I love that. He was a man full of faith. <laughs> he, he had a relationship. He believed. He had a, he had that relationship with Jesus that made all the difference. And he was overflowing with the Spirit. I love that. And instead of just saying he was filled with the Spirit or full of the Spirit, He was overflowing with the spirit. To me, that connotes a reality that the spirit has not only come upon him, but lives within him and resides within it. And it manifests in an overflowing reality that wherever he goes, he leaks on people. He leaks the goodness and the love and the mercy of the almighty God because the spirit of God lives in him. I just think that is so cool. And then it lists the rest of the guys. And it's really interesting that there's one, Nicholas from Antioch. He's a convert to Judaism. There was a godly person among them that wasn't there through birth. There was someone who came in and chose to be a part of that community. They weren't born into it. They chose to come into it. They were converted to Judaism. So we see that there's an equal opportunity uh, dynamic to the community of the early church. They stood before the apostles. So they presented themselves. And as they stand before the apostles, the apostles laid their hands on them, which is an act of transferring. You know, in the Old Testament, when, when hands were laid on something, it was usually the priest laying hands on a goat, a scapegoat, transferring the sins of the nation on the goat that was to be sacrificed. Now in the New Testament, we see that the laying on of hands is not to transfer sin, but to transfer anointing, to transfer spirit, to transfer uh, commissioning, responsibility. It's an impartation. And so they present themselves and they lay hands on them And they pray for them and they commission them to this crucial ministry of serving. I love that. I love that. Ministry of serving is so important. Serving people in in real needs. In time of increase, this whole problem came up and because it came up, there was this incredible addition of leadership that was brought to the church. We have a day of serving today. Today's a a day in which we serve others. We have folks from the community that come in and they're in need of food. And we have the, the loving, holy responsibility, the crucial, sacred responsibility of serving them. Now, I've enjoyed watching our food ministry team go through and pray and talk and debate and come up and experiment and try a new way. Because what they want is they want a system that is free, that is serving everyone as equally as we can. So that there's no bias, there's no favorites, there's no preferring the Hellenistic Jews, over the Hebraic Jews, or, or vice versa. You know, there's, there's none of that. And so they come up with these little systems where they have where they call a number and then a family comes and then they go over and they go through this. And, they, and you know, they have so much stuff on the tables. And if you've got a family of this many, you take this much. If you've got a family of this many, you take that much. And, and so they, they try to be as equ- equitous as possible as they go through that. And I, I love that. But one of the things that is happening right now is that we're going from two distributions of food. <clears throat> we're not daily like New Testament widows. And this to the community, we have to move to two times a month. So on <clears throat> November 6th at one o'clock to three o'clock, it's gonna be another opportunity to serve the community. Yay. And so I believe that's a Wednesday. November 6th, we'll begin our twice-a-month offerings, uh, distributions that we'll be giving. <clears throat> so if you can't make it on Sunday, check your Wednesdays and see if Wednesday will work for you. <clears throat> now, they're going to be tweaking that. Here, here's, Here's the... The tediousness of this incredible ministry and, and the servers that serve in this ministry. We're taking into factor when we do the second offering of uh, the second distribution of food, how busy our road is out front. You know, when when we hit around four o'clock, four thirty, if you try to get out of our parking lot onto Mount Comfort Road, you better have a big angel out there helping you because it is non-stop traffic just coming from the interstate heading south. It's just unbelievable. And so that's why they chose the time slot from 1 to 3. Now guess what? If that time slot doesn't figure out to be the best one for everybody, they will tweak it. They will continue to adjust because they want to make it as, as uh, a blessing as much as possible to all those that are concerned. That was early in the sermon. I forgot it, and I just saw it, so I had to go back up and hit that. <clears throat> so in verse 7, I love, I love how it concludes after they have this little hiccup of, of dealing with the, the daily distribution to the widows of the food, and they come up with this wonderful idea that everybody's in love with. Then it goes on to say, after their commissioning, and God's word reigns supreme, And kept spreading. It kept spreading. The number of Jesus followers in Jerusalem quickly grew and increased by the day. By the day. I'm looking for a day of increase here. It's time for a day of increase that we see every Sunday that there's an increase. Uh, We're we're not, you know, counting noses and nickels. But we do believe that this is true that when the word of God is supreme and it's spreading, that means we're sharing it, that the natural result is that there's increase. And so much so that even a great number of Jewish priests became believers and were obedient to the faith. Not to me that, you know, Jewish priests studied the Torah, the Holy Scriptures, the Old Testament, they studied those documents meticulously. And when they got the revelation from the Spirit that Jesus is the Messiah, look out. The Apostle Paul is such an example that we see that uh, as he was Saul before he became Paul, that when that level of intellectual pursuit of the Word of God is accompanied with a a marriage with the Holy Spirit, there is an awesome, powerful release in the earth. And so I love it when the priests get saved. That's great. I love it when pastors get saved. That's really good. Gordon Dalby, he shares his own testimony. A graduate of Harvard Divinity School and as he's in his first pastorate and as he's preaching, he gets saved. <laughs> and if you know anything about Gordon Dalby, man, he, he's one of the original promise keepers, the very first promise keeper that they had in Colorado at the, the stadium where Coach Mack was. He was the lead speaker and uh, just a tremendous man. We've had him here in the city several times. Just a wonderful man. And speaking of wonderful men, We go back and we look at Stephen in verse 8, who was a man full of grace and supernatural power. Hmm. He performed many astonishing signs and wonders and mighty miracles among the people. This is how they knew him. They knew him personally, but they knew him from the kind of fruit that emanated from his life. He didn't flaunt his performance. It's not the kind of performance that I'm going to razzle-dazzle you with a prophecy or I'm going to, you know, draw a bunch of attention and say, come and and a healing take place. It's more of he was a follower of Jesus. And it took me back to what Jesus said about those who follow him in Mark 16. At verse 17, he says, and these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. There's a lot of ways to take those two verses and to stretch them this way and stretch them this way and stretch them that way. But the reality is that when you're following Jesus, supernatural stuff's just gonna happen. It's just gonna happen. You just follow Jesus and whether you realize it's supernatural or not, because many times when you're in the midst of it, you don't realize it's supernatural. It, 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 It feels like it's just natural. You you see something and your heart is moved and you respond and you act in a way and something supernatural happens. We love for us to be naturally supernatural. <clears throat> Not flamboyant. Not look at me. Not draw attention. Unless the Holy Spirit says, I want to draw a crowd around this. Then we submit and we obey. And we allow the Holy Spirit to gather the crowd. <laughs> Siraj is a, a interesting young guy that's just absolutely on fire for Jesus. And he's at a, he's at a Brownsburg football game. O-M-C. And the Spirit of the Lord's upon him. And he's already seen the Holy Spirit do several things with with a smaller group, but he realized it was time that the Lord wanted to speak to a a larger audience. So he he climbs up on the fence and he shouts, anyone within the sound of my voice, I want you to come over here. I've got good news to share with you. (laughs) And then the police officer said, you have to get down off the fence, young man. And he got down off the fence and all the people came and he shared about the love of Jesus. And there were many, many folks that came to Christ that night. Oh, now, Siraj is not one of those, uh, look at me, I want all the attention kind of guys. Matter of fact, he, he's unassuming. He's a quiet, he, he's, he's just not anything that is like that. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon him, he's like that. You might be saying, Pastor, you don't know. I could never do anything like that. Nobody's asking you to, except when the Holy Spirit asks you. It's a good good thing to listen and obey whatever he tells you to do. Now, if you're really wanting to stretch your wings on this, the good place to practice is here practice here, this is a safe environment. If you get it wrong, nobody will burn you at the stake. (laughs) We've got some good-sized rocks out there. If your prophecy's not true, we're not going to take you out and start throwing rocks at you. We're not going to stone you. But it's a great place to just kind of practice and start to slide in and realize, oh, I can do this through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can can make me aware and, and we can do this thing. So as we look at the leaders in the early church, they all started out as servants. They're always serving. And as we serve, the Lord just continues. I guarantee you, Stephen wasn't looking and he wasn't looking to be elected as one of the seven. He was just doing what Stephen did. And all these guys were just doing what they did. And then they were brought to a level of given responsibility. And I think that is the greatest, the greatest form, the greatest pattern to, to understand how leadership happens in the body of Christ. It happens because we just serve and we just love, and we continue to do that. And really that's enough in and of itself. And then if the, the Lord through his body says we need to do something about an issue that we have and we need you to, to do something, and then if you're willing, we commission you and release you. And I believe we're going to see a lot more of this in the future, especially as we grow. As we continue to grow, we're going to need to raise up godly leaders, servant leaders, and release them in places of responsibility. Mm-hmm. All hearts clear? Oh, yeah. Okay. We got Bob and Ray Combs with us today. (laughs) All right. When Bob and Ray ministered the blessing of the Father about six, eight weeks ago, uh, it was so wonderful. (laughs) And they checked their busy uh, vacation calendar to see where they could fit us in. And, you know, like eight weeks ago, we found out on the 20th of October, they were going to be in town and available. And I said, boy, I would love to have you come and minister the blessing of the Father. Uh, For any of you that didn't receive that, uh, if, if you weren't here on that Sunday, you have no idea what you're getting into. But if you feel a little draw from the Spirit of the Lord, that means he probably wants you to experience it everyone that they ministered to last time, no one died. No, nobody had a, you know, had a real adverse thing. So as the worship team comes and, and we, we sing another song, just be open. One of the things, if, if you need prayer for anything, you feel free to come forward. But one of the things that we are highlighting today is we're gonna have Bob and Ray come and minister the blessing of the Father. It comes out of numbers and it's, it's such a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful blessing. Uh, after the worship team's done, Bob, if you, if you and Ray come and, and if you want to just give two minutes of what you're going to be praying for, for those that weren't here, they'll know and, and then we'll have that ministry. Let's stand and let's worship the Lord.